1: Join Brett Weekly as he interviews your favorite celebrities from film, television, comedy, and much more. Inconceivable! Plus, you never know who will stop by. Dude, we are so gonna party! Now, here is your host, Brett Allen. Happy Tuesday, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of The Brett Allen Show, a pop culture podcast where we interview your favorite actors from film, television, comedians, music, and more, wherever pop culture hangs out. And we have a very special guest today. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. We are chatting with actor David Magadoff and... I mean, he has a lot of things going on. He just had an episode on American Crime Story come out, uh, which this is a great show, by the way, but also uh, you can see him on the morning show as Nikki Brooks if you haven't seen that on Apple TV, which, again, that's just another great project. But we're here to talk about a lot of different things. He has something amazing coming out. Dexter, New Blood, which is due out here in the next month or so he plays teddy reed so i just want to tell our listeners there's not a lot we can discuss about this i know you guys have been looking forward to this conversation but we'll do the best we can david welcome into the show it's great to have you here today thank you brett
0: i mean i can make things up i can just like (laughs) and i'll just say like this isn't true but yeah there's just like you know if you like aliens i'm just gonna say dexter New Blood. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that explains why he's living in a small little town. Cause he's been abducted by aliens. Now this <laughs> people have been talking about this season nine for a very long time. I think just even as much as after the show ended, people wanted to know, you know, well this ended weird for a lot of people, but the writers, the producers, everybody from the top down has made it very clear This will bring fan service to most people, but it's definitely not a correction or let's kind of fix how we ended it. Would that be a safe assumption from your experience on this? Can you even answer that question? I can.
0: (laughs) I think I can. I'll try. Let's see. So they first off don't like calling it Dexter Season (laughs) 9. They want it to be called Dexter New Blood because they want it to be... Like even Separate. even talking with Clyde about it, you know Clyde, who's a wonderful, awesome dude, our showrunner Clyde Phillips, um, and he's very, you know, in a in a very I think good way adamant about saying like, hey, this is this is a this is yes the continuation, but this isn't just like the next season of Dexter. It's like ten years have passed. <laughs> it's Dexter colon new blood. It's very much like its own thing separate of the like eight season experience and I would agree you know I it's 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 not it's it's in a really good way I think it's going to be really satisfying for the fans of which I've learned now there are many ever you know not being in any of the Dexters previously you're like oh wow people really like this show And I also think it's going to be great. I think it's the great show where it's going to be a family sitting in their room. And one of them watched every episode of Dexter. Can't wait for it to come back. Married someone since the seasons (laughs) ended. And that person has never seen it, could care less about it. Would much rather watch Hacks on HBO Max or something. And goes, wait, wait, wait. What is this? And it's like, as the show is going over-the-shoulder watches, and then eventually by, like, episode two, sits down next to their beloved who's been a Dexter fan, and then by the end is going to be, like, a complete fan. I think it's one of those shows that's going to really reel in the family and friends of the beloved fan, and I think will be a really... I think it's going to be a really satisfying uh, way to see this experience as a fan. I think fans are really going to enjoy it, truly. Had
1: you seen the show prior to your casting and being a part of it or did you watch it after the fact once you booked to the role i
0: wasn't a i wasn't a dexter person i just for some reason it just never crossed my tv plate and so i've watched a few episodes since and it's i mean listen it's already in the trailers it's a totally different feel i mean it's a totally different feel tv in 2021 looks like you know
1: a movie. A movie.
0: They're all. It's all cinema now. It's all the same, right? It's beautifully shot. Marco Siega and Sandy Bookstaver are two wonderful directors. Did a terrific job, just giving it such a look and such a feel. The setting we are in, it, it's supposed to be Iron Lake, New York, which is a fake town. There really is a place called Iron Lake. It's a lake, but um, they made a town up around it. And we shot it all around sort of the central Massachusetts area in freezing cold snow. And it was beautiful. So, I mean, it is a different feel. It is not Miami slash the sets of Los Angeles. It is not yeah. that. It is <laughs> which
1: is m- hilarious, by the yeah. way. Yeah,
0: it's upstate New York slash central Massachusetts. So,
1: Well, as a side note, just a caveat, really a rabbit trail. Funny enough, I was in L.A. a couple years ago. And there is an there's a Hollywood tour that you can take, but there is a Dexter tour that you can take as well. Ah. And they will take you to most of the external shooting locations of the show, which is just funny, by the way. Now, I, I know fans are split on this, which happens. And it's interesting, such a time we live in where anybody can take their grievances to the Internet and just say whatever the heck they want i'm not that way i've been looking forward to this for quite some time so you're a fan you're in i've been a fan i watched the show in real time when it was on showtime i watched it subsequently since um i during the the lockdown when i was had a bunch of time on my hands i rewatched it on netflix just because the whole thing the whole thing wow, over the course of you know a, a, a month or so wow that's <laughs> all that's a, that's well, a I lot was, of episodes i was, un, I was unemployed <laughs> i i had nothing else to do um and so i binged watch several things now you mentioned something about tv in 2020 2021 i think that's an interesting perspective because even going back several years ago when breaking bad was on television which i had a in that to a degree as far as being a pa and even some stand-in work in new mexico that that was very cinematic as well and even better call saul now is very cinematic so i it, it seems to me like this could potentially be like a 10-hour movie i guess would be a safe assumption just based on what we've seen in just a couple little trailers which is beautiful scenery by the way
0: that's how we've talked about it when we were shooting it i mean we're It's a six-month shoot. I mean, a TV show doesn't... I mean, COVID, I definitely pushed it to be a longer shoot than it was. But I think without COVID, it would have probably been like four, four and a half months. And for 10 episodes, that's a really long time. So, yeah, Yeah. it's a 10-hour movie, which is a great way to put it. You know, I mean, look at the shows. Like, Fargo has the same feel. You know, it's beautiful. Watchmen is absolutely gorgeous. Game of Thrones. I mean, you know, this is a new age for television where it's, you know... (laughs) It's funny to think the Honeymooners is TV and this is TV, but they couldn't be they couldn't be more different. And that's, you know, pretty cool.
1: Yeah. Well, people are excited about it. And I think it's great that they have they're bringing a couple people back from the original series. I don't know how they play a part in it. I think that's the one thing that has most people interested is they're the aliens. Yeah, they're the aliens. There you go. Um it all actually turns out to be like an episode of American horror story. That's what I think is going to happen. Ryan
0: Murphy uh, is the secret showrunner. Clyde Phillips just <laughs> he just took the he took the paycheck, but it's been Ryan Murphy all along.
1: Ryan Murphy, that is a guy, he's like Aaron Sorkin. I mean, whatever the guy touches, yes. he he just turns into television gold. It's actually uh, Here we go. Here's the pitch. It's a backdoor pilot series To another like nine one one kind of type of thing that that because people do that in television you know how they sneak those pilots in and I think that is infuriating personally just from a content observer and interviewer but I digress I'm excited about it they they you have a few people coming back which is great I think it's funny too when this was first announced even Julie Benz was getting all these DMs and all kinds of crazy stuff that she was posting saying unless Dexter is a vampire and can bring people back from the dead. um, I can assure you, uh, you know, I will not be a part of this. I think people are interested at the end of the day, just to see what happens. Again, a lot of people have been waiting for it. You shot this during the pandemic from what I understand. And you were just recently wrapped things up like within a month or two ago. So, This is literally going from that to series here like within a month or so. Overall, your experience seems like it was great. You had a fun time. You were a part of an iconic piece of pop culture, I think, as far as television goes. I mentioned this earlier on as we switch gears here. You've done a lot of things. You were a part of The Morning Show. You've done this American uh, Crime Story piece here that you posted on Instagram. Uh, That's the Monica Lewinsky story which that is a fantastic show by the way your path to acting has been unique I've heard you talk about this in other interviews and I know you get asked all the time so I won't ask you you know, what is your Hollywood journey but really for you you just seem to be from what I get just attracted to entertain people because you're a comedian as well you do a great Matthew McConaughey by the way which <laughs> I just love thank you uh, very much I appreciate that yeah um so let's talk about just this for you stand-up comedy was it before acting or were the two kind of married together because I know for a lot of people it's either one or the other or sometimes it's just one happens while the other's taking place
0: yeah for sure I am an uh, improv comedy is my thing Um, right because
1: you teach classes by the way people should know that
0: I do I used to do more so I don't teach as much these days which is um, wonderful and terrible wonderful and then I'm working a lot more so I don't have as much time to teach terrible and that I love teaching so I I miss it Um, but I yeah I've I've done improv ever since I was 15 years old and so uh, I've just been a huge through line in my life it makes me happy. I like doing comedy with other people, which is different from stand-ups, who like doing comedy by themselves and have yeah, jokes. Yeah, it's a big difference. Huge difference. And and, and and the art form is huge, too. And I adore stand-up comedy and stand-up comedians. They're just a different breed. You know, I don't know. Have you had a chance to interview many stand-ups?
1: Oh, I've had dozens of them on my show. And I've had people like Matt Walsh, who yeah. is a upright citizens brigade, you know, and they they're, they're two different muscle sets. Now sometimes people do both, but I, I, I've had a couple dozen comics and yeah, it's it's in fact, there is kind of a little bit of tenaciousness when you ask a comic about improv. but but sometimes one leads to the other eventually, you know, but like to be able to say that they're the same thing, it, you can't say that, to answer your question. Yeah. They're just so different, different muscle sets, but equally great they bo- in content Yeah, they
0: both consumption. They both elicit laughter, but how to get there is a, is a different thing, you know? Um, yeah. So I'm the Matt Walsh type, for sure. I'm the guy who okay. I, I love doing improv, and I love performing with people. I love doing musical improv. I dabbled in stand-up for a moment when I was hosting my MTV show, because my co-host at the time is was was doing stand-up still doing wonderful stand-up um and i got inspired to try it and i realized oh my gosh you can't just casually do stand-up like this is a passion this is heart this is a lot of work this is multiple times a night getting up on stage also if you talk to stand-ups you know they need desperately to be on stage and tell jokes. They need to share what's going on inside them. I don't have that quality. I want to desperately do comedy with other people and make up silly stories. I don't need to tell my story like standups need to tell their story and, and they see the world in their funny way. I'm like, I would rather play the character. I'd rather play the aliens (laughs) and be silly and be like, all right, what is uh, this? Ooh, an orange. Ooh, it is the color orange. You know, I want to be fun with a friend and, and, and do it as a teamwork experience. Although I've done improv shows by myself, which is its own ball of wax. Uh, So yeah, that's been my through line and that got me into acting essentially. And I've always enjoyed acting, but my through line in my whole life has been improv. And it's fun that, you know, after I graduated college, I just started auditioning in, via the help of my improv troupe at the time. And then I started booking some things and then it just never looked back. And it's been great. So I still do improv and it's just a joy. I'm doing an improv show at my house tomorrow night. And then, um, I'm gonna, you know, and I still get to act and TV and film. And that's, those are my happy places.
1: Yes, that is the one thing that I think a lot of people consumed during when we were in lockdown uh, was streaming. I know the Who's Line guys, they did some stuff and I, I interviewed some of them and talked right. about their experiences. Again, some of the comedians I've I've had the honor of talking to did some Zoom stand up, some stayed away from it. Did you do any Zoom-type improv yourself? I know you have a podcast, and we'll talk about that, so there's that's different, but did you do... You mentioned doing something from your home here. Did you do, like, Zoom-type things during the lockdown? How did that work out for
0: you? Yeah, i done a bunch of things because every creative did something. <laughs> you just yeah. have to. You're going crazy. You're like, this is how I'm built. I'm built to perform, and I have no audience. <laughs> yes. This is... And online, you're like, let's try it out. Let's figure something out. Anything can work. Just throw it against the wall. So I avoided doing Zoom improv for a while because I kind of looked down on it. I don't know why, but I, I did. I just really missed. I was like, you should either do it in person or don't do it at all. Just take, let's all just take a break from it for a while. It's OK. But I did other things. But then I was asked by uh, my friends at the Groundlings if I could do their Wednesday night, a Crazy Uncle Joe show, which is one of my favorite shows to watch and one of my favorite shows to perform in. And so I was like, okay. And so then I, of course doing that, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to do an an improv show and it's going to be on quote unquote, one of my more favorite and, uh, you know, improv stages. So this is, we're going right into the deep end. So it was great though, but I had a great time. I actually, it was really bizarre to like turn off, you know, I would do a scene with, uh, Stephanie Courtney's in the show and she's Flo from the Progressive commercials. And it's fun to do a scene with her. And then you just, I would tap my iPad and be, you know, stop video when I wasn't in the scene. And then I'd hit start video to jump into the scene. And it just became, but it became very natural very quickly. And you're like, you know what, man, this Zoom stuff, pretty cool. (laughs) And there's no audience to laugh. But, you know, from doing my time at HQ Trivia, I did plenty of that, of just being in a space where I knew there was 500,000 people watching me, and I never got a laugh. And I just assume I just knew when the jokes are. I just knew when the comic timing is just, I think, from doing this for so long. That's the closest I've ever done to stand-up, by the way, which is probably HQ Trivia, just like... I wrote my own jokes and was able to you know, make fun of myself and be fun in this little box of a room. But ironically, I did it for hundreds of thousands of people to, of which I heard only whatever was on Twitter afterwards. It's a hilarious, <laughs> bizarre, wonderful thing, this uh, internet comedy.
1: Yeah, HQ Trivia, that was a lot of fun. You know, something different. Um, you've dabbled in game shows as well. You had MTV as well. Um, but you've just had a lot of different comedic type of experiences, which I, I find, well, I find what you do when I say you, everybody that I've talked to just fascinating because it's so different from the world that I'm a part of outside of having an interview show like past that, that's my connection. So I've learned a lot that way, but you just, you creatives are a unique group of people because you do things that most people might not do choose to do so you you do all of those different things you do acting is there one in particular that draws you the most or you just you just enjoy everything that you have been a part of whether it's acting or improv and so on
0: I really love you know everyone has their the reason of why they act some people are have that inside them that says I, I need to tell a story you know I built this I you know, and some people are like, I need to tell jokes. You know, some people are like, I need to tell my story. I don't really care about other people's stories. I want to write my own pilot. I want to do my own shows. I want to do my own thing. Uh, I want to do my, you know, the stories of my family or the stories of my culture or the stories of my community. For me, I just, like I, you kind of said it earlier, I really like working with people, good people, kind people. And we're doing something together. I like being sort of in the weeds with people. And I think that stems from my improv days. I like the idea that we are all a little confused together and we're going to go through some experience. So, whether that be the joys of when I was doing Broke Ass Game Show on MTV, where it's me and my co host and 65 people on our crew, God bless them, who would, we are in the streets of New York City trying to get people to play these stupid games for a little bit of money. And at the end of every day, there was this very satisfying feeling going to bed of like, we were in the weeds, we had a challenge. It was a challenging thing, but it was fun. And we made, we cracked a lot of eggs and made some great omelets. I think that's really fun to do fun challenges with people. So that's what improv is for me. You start going, I'm gonna prove you all. It's like, I'm gonna prove you wrong. Maybe this is all father issues. I'm just gonna prove everybody (laughs) wrong. You know, give me nothing. and I'm gonna turn it into something. And I think there's a joy to that. I think there's a joy to that. And even with Dexter, you know, we were freezing, literally below freezing at the beginning of it. But Michael, <laughs> what a great guy. Um, and Julia and Alano and Clancy and Jamie and another Michael. There's, uh, there's the whole group, the guest stars, everybody who came on that show. was just a, it was a pleasure to get to know these people and be kind of in the weeds and the woods. I mean, you know, like you said, you were P.A., and you understand what that's like. And sometimes it is a slog, but sometimes it's a joy and sometimes it's both. And I think I always try to find that. So I love doing that live with improv and I think my greatest times on sets are, I do love that, but I love it like what Dexter was. Like in a a mostly closed environment where people are kind to you, where ideally most of the time you're not freezing cold, So a little bit of that is okay, but it's really nice to be indoors. <laughs> yeah, um, I but, can imagine. Yeah, but a little bit of that's fun. A little bit of the on-location stuff is fun. But if I'm, like you know, halfway in both one season of broke ass, it was freezing cold outside, day after day, all day long. It gets on, it gets you. And then the second season was, the other half of that season was so hot. 8 a.m. You get out the door, and it's just you're you're beaten with humidity. And this is how the day begins. And you're just like, I hate everything. So I'm okay with a little bit of that. You know, a little... It's Because it's, it's a struggle enough to do any of these shows. So when the elements get involved is usually my, like, Achilles heel. But um, I don't mind a little bit of it because then you get to say, yeah, I did a, I did a day or two in the freezing cold. But... When you're like, I did a month or two in the freezing cold, you're like, that's a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, but I do like yeah, the challenge. I, I do like the challenge and I like I like surprising people. Yeah.
1: You said something interesting and I want to talk about this. Was your family supportive of you when you kind of came out and said, I'm 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 doing this. This is the career path that I'm choosing Uh what was that moment like when you maybe had those conversations with family and said, okay, this is w- what I'm going to be about probably now and and most likely for the rest of my life. Th- this is it.
0: <laughs> yeah. For, for an only child in a Jewish family, that's a very scary prospect because they're like, why? <laughs> why would you do this to you and to us? But I... Just graduate. I was graduating college from USC and a friend of mine was Snow White in the Snow White musical at California Adventure Okay and she's like David there's going to be this uh this like improv team at California Adventure called duh which was called the stand it stood for the Department of Untapped Hilarity Huh see what happened? Old
1: school California Adventure by the way
0: Oh so you're very aware yeah yeah. yeah. And so and I was a, and I was, you know, a little kid. And so I was like, sure, let's I'll I'll audition for this. They're looking for people. And so I went in and it was like a tiny American Idol. Like it was like a bunch of us and then less of us and then a few of us. And by the end of the day, like I got it. And that when I was able to tell my parents, hey, I'm actually going to do improv for money. They were like, what? And it was like twenty three dollars an hour they were like oh this is not crazy so that was the very first time i ever did uh this thing for money and that they i think were like oh it's not just us who think you're kind of fun or your friends like someone else actually <laughs> hired you for this improv thing so that i really think was a it's a small thing but it was a it was a game changer for them cuz i think in their minds they're like oh i think it just didn't make them worry as much so that was that was yeah. a really fun moment
1: That's fantastic to have that support in a family, specifically mom and dad, if you can, because really, you know, this world is that you're in is so different. And I say that all the time, but depending when the checks start coming in and parents realize, oh, wow, you know, you can make in a day, perhaps maybe what you might make in a week if you're doing commercials or whatever the case might be. Yeah. It's extremely fascinating. You've done amazing work, David. And again, Thanks. um, I'm excited to see this, uh, new blood as we wrap here. I want to make sure to, to, mention your podcast fan addicts, which is great. And I like your niche that you have because you have celebrities and the likes on, but it's different because you're talking to them about things that are important to them in their life, their favorite things. Um, from one, I can't remember specific, like you know, having a moleskin, uh, you know, journal book. Yeah, that Janina Gavankar
0: loves moleskin notebooks, and Tony yeah, Hale loves uh, indoor malls, and Ray Fisher can't get enough of strategic board games. It's always fun to find out. You know, we all love things, but you know, and we all love celebrities. We're fans of them, so what are they fans of themselves? So that's just uh, from the people who brought you the Trekkie. Who would who wouldn't better? be a person to ask about that so it's been fun
1: yeah it's a lot of fun so you have your co-host as well you do the podcast um how was that born out of you just talked a little bit about it but had you been interested in podcasting before and then are like okay i want to do something but not what most people do
0: (laughs) yeah i had a meeting with roddenberry entertainment and uh, I was going to pitch some podcasts to them and I was like I got this great idea it's going to be called Nerding Out with David Magadoff and the idea is like we're all have like an inner nerd inside of us like it's going to be we're all going to find out what people really nerd out about like what does you know the celebrity nerd out about we're going to interview all these celebrities and we're going to find out you know what they secretly nerd out about and they're like we we actually have a podcast that we're going to launch soon called fanatics where it's pretty much the same thing like would you like to co-host that and I went sure and so that essentially was how I was able to pitch a podcast be told no and then be be told yes which was essentially the same podcast that I pitched so it all worked out (laughs) and Claire Kramer is a wonderful co-host and she she was gonna host it and then she thankfully said yes to me co-hosting it and she's fantastic and also to circle back she's great friends with Julie Benz so it's funny that you mentioned her because she she was telling us she's like oh my gosh David when this Dexter thing blew up my friend Julie all she got was just like constantly hit up like how are you coming back and she's like I'm dead and they're like yeah yeah we get that but how are you gonna come back (laughs) so no one believes that anyone can be back but to be fair Deb on the show died and she came back so you know anyone's anything's possible
1: Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think most it's interesting people have kind of maybe put together how that's going to work out. You know, I guess a lot of people are curious about that. A few people are coming back. Deb uh, Trinity Killer again. But when what people don't get is when these types of shows are put together, there's a lot that happens that might make it out to the press, but then there's a lot that doesn't make it out. Interestingly, how they can keep some of that stuff tightened up. So we're excited for it. Dexter, New Blood, not Dexter Season (laughs) 9. For all of you Dexter fans out there, also uh, American Crime Story, which can be seen as well, now streaming The Morning Show. Fantastic there as well, and you've just done a lot of other things. I mean, your IMDb credits are massive, and I'm excited to see also what comes out next. What are you working on now that you've wrapped Dexter? Do you have anything else that you can talk about or are you just kind of like most actors and you have a lot of irons in the fire and you're just kind of waiting (laughs) oh
0: it's always we're always waiting Brett we all wait everybody waits there's the classic there's the classic story I love I forgot what the movie was but it was like Dustin Hoffman and Gene Hackman had this conversation to each other apparently where once at the end of a movie that they were both filming one says to the other do you ever get this feeling that this will be the last movie you're ever going to do and the other one says every time (laughs) So if they feel that way, then we can all feel that way. But, uh, I did just shoot a show, uh, over on the Paramount lot for Nickelodeon, uh, that's coming out in a month or so. And then, yeah, just doing the podcast. So I'm excited to keep doing that. actually got the whole Dexter crew on for the podcast. So keep an eye out for that. They're all going to be telling you their favorite things. And, uh, we just did Michael Hall's, uh, last week and it very much tickled me and I can't tell you what he loves, but what, when you find out it is going to be something that puts a smile on your face.
1: Exciting. And thanks to our listeners who have joined in for this episode. We really do appreciate it because of you. We have the show. If you are a new listener, be sure to head over to Apple podcast and search the Brett Allen show and give us a kind rating and review. It really does help and allows us to continue to put great episodes out and talk to amazing people like David. And we have a lot of exciting episodes coming down the pike. David, thank you for joining us today. I really do appreciate it.
0: Thank you, Brett. Totally a pleasure, man.
1: That brings today's show to a close. Goodly do. Thanks for stopping by.
0: If you enjoyed the episode, feel free to share it with a friend and subscribe. It's absolutely
1: free. The views and opinions of the guests do not necessarily reflect those of the host. Autobots, roll out. Go home.